Welcome back to the Movie Planet, Season 6, Episode 1. This week, we are talking 2014's John Wick. With Joe. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And Sam. So you can either hand over your son, or you can die screaming alongside him! Well, welcome to the Movie Planet. Our, our premiere episode of season six. Joining me is the Baba Yaga to my boogeyman. Ooh. Yes, Sam, how's life? How was your good. break? How was your break? It was good. It was good. How was yours? It was good. I worked on the show the entire time. <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> it was not a break for me. I, I was I was learning new things. Very cool. Yes, we're going to up the production quality on one-minute reviews. I got Your green screen. You got a studio going now. Got a little green screen over there. Got one of those little circle lights. You see all those little 11-year-old TikTokers using all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got one of those, and I, I've switched the room around. You got a desk. I With clean view. I clean up all this shit. I got rid of so many books. Looks Woo. good. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to try uh, something new come March, April, May-ish. This week, I have started the new year by nominating the John Wick series. Uh, one through three. Four is coming out soon. Uh, so we're going to start with John Wick from 2014 for the Action Adventure Pantheon. And we've also changed the way that we are doing the grades in here. Now they will be by percentages, but we'll still give letter grades. So because we did this, now we can just say what the straight percentages of them. People understand a 10-point scale. So Mad Max Fury Road currently is at a 97.5%. Now, we're not like Rotten Tomatoes. Our grade actually means it's a fucking A. It doesn't mean that, oh, 97% of us gave it a six or higher. Fuck them and their fucking tomato meter, okay? We're fucking real. 97.5%. Wow, you're really upset over this Avatar and Puss in Boots thing. Don't even get me started on Steve. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the Pantheon is Mad Max Fury Road with a 97.5%. Die Hard with a 95.6%. Live Free or Die Hard with an 88.5%. Die Hard with a Vengeance with an 88. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior with an 85. King Kong with an 83.5. And Point Break with Keanu. Keanu's going to knock out Keanu today <laughs> with a 79.3, a C-plus average. Okay. We talked about the grade altering already. We're good there. Uh, now we've handled that business. Let's get down to business. This week, we're talking about 2014's John Wick, a movie made for about 20 to $30 million that brought in only $86 million. I'm surprised it cost that much. I am too. I don't know where the money went. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, probably the retainer for Keanu. It was, it was for all the songs they used. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Screenplay by Derek Kolstad, directed by Chad Stahelski, music by Tyler Bates and Joel J. Richard. Now, I looked because I was like, how did it make so little money? It came out on October. I have an answer for that. Oh, that's If here. anybody was like me yeah. and saw the trailer, you go, that's the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> this is an action movie called John Wick. That, you're right. How gullible do I have to be to go pay somebody to go watch a puppy die and see everybody? That's hilarious. We didn't know the puppy was dying in the trailer, though. Yeah, you did. No, it never says, it never ever alludes to that. It just talks about how he's a legend and all that stuff. The puppy is a reveal in the movie. 
Oh, I must have heard about that later. Yeah. Well, that was the big story when it came out was they killed a goddamn dog. (laughs) So I looked and I was like, okay, what was its competition? It came out the same weekend as Ouija. Never saw it. Ouija beat it. (laughs) Horror movies do better Um, in most cases. But the other movies that were in the theater, Fury only made 4 million. Gone Girl. Yeah, St. Vincent, The Book of Life, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, no, book, no, no Good, Very Bad Day, The Best of Me, The Judge, Dracula, Untold. John Wick should have cleaned up. Keanu was on a very long streak of bad movies. This was 2014. so Yeah, he, he was on a streak of very bad movies. Was he? Yes. Because he had just finished the, the Resurrections. That, well, he well not Resurrections. He, sorry. Sorry about that, Keanu. Not Resurrections. He had finished Revolutions in 2003, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering what else he had done since then. Cause I felt like this is like a lake his, house, right? The Keanu resurrection, if you will. I'm looking up right now. IMDB. What did Keanu do post matrix? Um, <clears throat> so according to the oh, good, the Ronin movie that nobody saw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. See all, um, since, Okay, so there's Revolutions. So he did Something's Gotta Give, which was a romantic comedy. Uh He did something called Ellie Parker. Uh, Constantine. Damn, that's a banger. I love Constantine. That's a banger. Yeah. A Scanner Darkly. It's too over the head. for Too abstract. Too abstract. I love it. There's The Lake House. Uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. He did the remake of that. That Real bad. It was awful. Um, let's see. The man of then okay, man of Tai Chi, forty-seven Ronin, and then he goes into John Wick. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. But here's the thing: if you watch, but he also that's a lot of time to pass. Yeah, man of Tai Chi and forty-seven Ronin. Well, those are back to his bread and butter martial arts movies. Yeah, and that's where he meets Chad Stahelski, the director, because he was the stunt coordinator in both of those. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. Now the runtime for this was an hour and forty-one minutes in it. Cooks. Cooks. <laughs> uh, rated R, starring Keanu Reeves as John Wick, Michael Nyquist as Vigo Tarasov, Alfie Allen as Joseph Tarasov, Willem Dafoe as Marcus, Dean Winters as Mayhem from those insurance commercials. Uh, his actual his name is Avi. Uh, Adrian Palicki. I love you. As Miss Perkins. <laughs> Omer Bernaya as Gregory. Toby Leonard Moore as Victor. Daniel Bernhardt as Kirill. Bridget Moynihan for four seconds as Helen. John Leguizamo as Aurelio. Ian McShane as Winston. Bridget Reagan as Addie. Lance Reddick as Caron, the hotel manager. And wrestling legend Kevin Nash as Francis. You. <laughs> Woo. According to IMB, this movie had many different taglines. Which one is your favorite? We have Don't Set Him Off. John Wick isn't the boogeyman. He's the guy you send to kill the fucking boogeyman. Or Revenge is all he has left. Oh, you said the guy you send to kill the fucking boogeyman. That, yeah, that's the one I like, that's too. It's a badass one. <laughs> Do you remember seeing this for the first time? What did you think? Yeah, I actually rented it because I didn't want to see it. I thought this was another dumbass Keanu action movie. I feel like there were a bunch like, was it? It was John Wick came out. What was the Tom Cruise one? That was just a name. Jack Reacher. Oh, it's the Tom Clancy. The Jack, Jack Reacher, Reacher one came out. There, didn't see it. Yeah, there was the... Uh, it wasn't Reacher. Oh, maybe it was Jack Reacher. Cause yeah, Jack Reacher. Didn't Tyler Perry play a Jack Reacher character also? He put a movie out that was like that. 
Oh, was it with uh, Michael B. Jordan? I think so. That was Tyler Perry? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Huh. But it was like those one name action yeah. movies that was coming out. I was floored when I saw this. I, it was the first oh, time yeah. I saw a I was, strict action movie and I enjoyed it as much in a long time. I was fucking laughing because I couldn't believe the intensity of I like you never you've never seen it like this was kind of like watching the Jason Bourne movie for the first time. Like this was another level of combat and yes. violence in a movie. This was the next level. It was the next level. It was more exaggerated and I feel like this movie is a good gateway drug into movies like The Raid. Yeah. You know? Or, uh, what was it, It Man? Yes. Yeah. Those are intense. I, I love It Man. Yeah. Yeah, this movie kind of opened my eyes up to uh, Gun Fu. And it, but the, the cool thing is it's so grounded. Like, it's over the top, but it's all, like, legit judo and jujitsu and there's no combat. wire work. No. And, <laughs> like, the tactical gunplay, while obviously... You can't kill 10 people with headshots in a chain within five seconds. I mean, you could, but... He's the fucking boogeyman. He's the fucking boogeyman killer. <laughs> but his tactical training shows. Yes. Like, you can tell he trained. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the video of him and Halle Berry doing the uh, shooting range? Oh, I love those videos. It's amazing. I, I watch a lot of those. Because like, I watched Josh, it, I was like, I kind of want him guarding my house at this point. I know. Yeah, Josh Brolin, I think, does one. Yes. He crushes it. Yep. Yeah, I'd like to go there. Inception to Perception, where I dig shallowly into the internet to find out how this movie came to be. Here we go. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. Okay, the premise for John Wick was conceived by screenwriter Derek Kolstad, who began work on a treatment about a retired contract killer coming out to seek revengeance, or vengeance entitled Scorn. I like the name. Different name. Might have sold better. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to go see John Wick? Well, so many people were like, John Wick, is it a comic book character? And he, he it's not. No. It's just a, like, yeah, it's just a weird title. It's a weird <laughs> name. <laughs> One month after starting, he had completed the first draft of the screenplay. And once he had addressed several issues, he had pitched the script to various clients with at least three offers being made. When he first started thinking about writing the script, Kolstat was influenced by film noir classics and the themes of revenge and the antihero and the occurrences of what may play out. Quote, the worst man in existence found salvation when the source of his salvation is ripped from him. Do the gates of Hades open? That's dark <laughs> bomb. that's a pretty bomb ass line yes it is uh for colstead both alistair mclean and stephen king were influences in the creating of the story of john wick in terms of characterization uh -huh. and world okay. building stating quote mclean could build a world and king could surprise you by what the main character truly was capable of i see that yeah because I, I i read that too and i was like what the hell does stephen king have to do with this character and then i read that i was like he is good at doing that He's isn't very he very good at doing that <laughs> Uh, December twenty, uh, December third, twenty twelve. It was announced that Thunder Road Pictures had bought the script with discretionary funds, with Colstad agreeing to do to do to, <clears throat> with Colstad agreeing due to Thunder Road's plan to make the film straight away. When Basil Ewanak, head of Thunder Road Pictures, had first read Colstad's original screenplay, he was immediately drawn to the main character of Wick. Well, how could you not be? He's a nice guy. After Thunder Road had optioned the script, Colstad spent additional months rewriting the script with them. In the original script, the character of John Wick was written with a man in his mid-60s to play the role. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I picture... I picture a beefy, like, silver-haired, bearded dude. I picture... Russian Je- tattoos. I picture Jeff Bridges. That'd be sick. Yeah, because he's the old man in the FX series, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Given the title's character's fabled reputation as a revered and respected assassin, thus the filmmakers had initially imagined an older actor. However, Ewanak was of the belief that this was irrelevant and bent the original vision ever so slightly, stating, quote, Instead, we decided to look for someone who is not literally older, but who has a seasoned history in the film world. That's a smart move, because how is a 60-year-old going to be doing all these moves? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, that being said, I could see Jeff Bridges doing the gun work, but the martial arts afterwards, I couldn't see. No. Yeah. I'm hurting in my 30s. I don't know about 60. <laughs> <laughs> On May 7th, 2013, it was announced that Keanu Reeves began negotiations to star in the piece in April and was later confirmed as the film's male lead after Ewanak, Peter Lawson of Thunder Road showed him the script, which he thought to be full of potential. Reeves and Colstad had worked closely together on further developing the screenplay and the story. The title of the film was later changed from Scorn to John Wick as, according to Colstad, quote, Keanu liked the name so much that Reeves kept telling everyone that he was making a film called John Wick and the producers agreed. So they changed the title. <laughs> That's wild. You're just like, we're just calling it this. Yeah. Scorn. Yeah. Scorn part one. Like it, Scorn. I feel like Han Solo was like, you know, I just like the name Han Solo. Han Solo. Let's call Return of the Jedi Han Solo's Revenge. <laughs> uh, we ran out of space on the poster. Can we just cut it to Solo? <laughs> a Star Wars story. Wow. <laughs> okay, during story discussions for John Wick, Reeves contacted Chad Stahelski and David Leach, who he originally met on the set of The Matrix regarding the possibility as to whether they were interested in choreography or directing the action of the piece. Reeves admired Stahelski and Leach's work performing choreographing. It, choreographing? I keep saying choreographing. I'm an idiot. Choreographing and coordinating. Staying, quote, when I got the script, I immediately thought of Chad and Dave for the action design, but I was secretly hoping they'd want to direct it. I knew that they would love the genre and I knew that they would love John Wick. And I thought the worlds that get created, the real world, and then this underworld would be attractive to them. And it was. Do you know who Chad Stahelski was on The Matrix? No. He was Keanu Reeves's stunt coordinator and stunt double. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, because he's worked with Keanu for... Like everything. If you remember, uh, this movie actually, there's a part where he just like beats the shit out of Keanu Reeves on the series of things. He goes, this was basically redemption for what he did to me on the train when we did, when we did the train <sighs> oh, scene yeah. in, in Matrix Revolutions. Uh, so he was like, yeah, I'll get him back. I'm the director now. <laughs> <laughs> After reading Colstad's script, Stahelski and Leach told Reeves they wanted to tell the story of John Wick as they both had a desire to get involved with a first unit or a directing project. Impressed with Reeves' enthusiasm and the quality of the script, Stahelski and Leach told him that they wished to direct the film and later presented him with a version of their story, which was based on John Wick as an urban legend in a thriller assassin movie with a realistic vibe and an otherworldly setting. Impressed with their concept, Reeves supported the pair and Stahelski and Leach pitched the idea to the studio who hired them to direct their very first movie ever, contrary to their initial request to direct the second unit. Now, Stahelski has only directed three movies. John Wick 1, 2, and 3. Now, on May 7th, 2013, it was announced that Stahelski and Leach were to direct the piece, though it was later ruled by the Directors Guild of America that Stahelski would be given the director credit, whereas Leach would formally be credited as a producer. Because Stahelski did more of the work. 
Okay. Yeah. Now. Kind of like Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like Poltergeist. He was the Steven Spielberg to the, was it Toby Hooper? Uh, yeah, I kind of know. I think it was. Okay. Let's get into this motherfucker. When Ellen died, I lost everything. Until that dog arrived on my doorstep. A final gift for my wife. In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. An opportunity to grieve on alone. And your son took that from me. Stole that from me. Killed that from me! People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your son, or you can die screaming alongside him! John Wick crashes an SUV into a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Just starting off straight up. He staggers out of the vehicle, bloody and wounded. He puts pressure on a wound in his gut. As he crawls to the side, he takes out his phone and watches a video of his wife, Helen, on the beach. John slumps over and shuts his eyes. I love this opening. (laughs) I thought, oh, another typical, this is how he died (laughs) bit. And now we'll show you what happened, right? (laughs) My name's John Wick. And you might be asking, how did I end up here? Well, let me tell you. It all started on, it all started one week ago. (laughs) Pretty shitty day, huh? Uh, I love the fact that you see this guy at his most vulnerable right now because all you're going to get is legend building at this point. Yeah, because you, I mean, you have no idea what the f*** coming. No. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, he's human. Right. Well, he's John Wick. I mean, he's Mike Peterson. You know. <laughs> Several days earlier, John wakes up on a cloudy day. He has flashbacks of him being with Helen up until recently when she collapsed in his arms. She had an illness that eventually claimed her life. It is the day of her funeral. After the service, John's old friend Marcus approaches him to offer his condolences. This montage is beautiful uh, because there is no dialogue in this and you understand everything that happened. Yeah, this this movie gives you every little bit of information you need to move forward. It almost felt, with the way that it was framed also, I saw it almost like leafing through the frames of a comic book. Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind like, of. Him leaning over her. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah. Uh, We get to see his car. That car is tight. Yeah. It's a shame it won't make it to the sequels. (laughs) Um, We get to, we meet Marcus. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Dude, anytime this guy shows up. Anytime he's in anything, he's great. Like, he might be the only reason I ever made it through Boondock Saints. How fucking dare you. I hate Boondock Saints. You can go fuck yourself. I do. Okay. (laughs) Not f- myself. I, 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 I <laughs> pull my dick around and jam it up the ass. Okay. Uh, normally in these types of movies, the bad guys kill the girlfriend or kidnap her, and that starts the revenge to her. And this one does not do that. No Liam Neesons? She died of natural causes. I have a specific set of tools. <laughs> I'll find you. And I will eradicate you. I will destroy you. Uh, that night, a delivery arrives for John. It's a small beagle. John's a good boy. It's a good bow. <laughs> I can't hear that without. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I finally met another person at work who watches Letterkenny. Nice. Like I literally was in, we, we had 
professional developments last week mm-hmm. or the week before. And uh, I was sitting there in there and we were all talking everything. And we, somebody mentioned a dog and I go, that, cause that dog's a good bow. And somebody goes, it's a good bow. And I went, letter Kenny. And he goes, yeah. And I went, <laughs> we're going to be best friends forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a small beagle. John finds a note from Helen. She wrote to him that she has made peace with her death. And now she wants John to find his. John weeps. He takes the dog out, looks at its collar, which has a flower on it, leading John to figure out Helen named the dog Daisy. Mm. Now, when you see this puppy, what what happens to you? Oh, my heart. Your heart. And apparently, you don't get their reaction because you apparently hate fucking dogs. I'm not a dog guy. Uh, that's a good bull. But I don't. Here's like, I like dogs on the screen. Like, oh, look at it over there. That's a dog. It's a cute dog. I can acknowledge the cuteness of a dog. But when it's in person, I go, it's just smelly and it's just going to drool on shit and piss on the floor. It, it's just. You don't yell at me when I fucking do that. Well, that's because you clean up after. <laughs> <laughs> How did she know exactly when to deliver the dog post-death? Could Helen be alive, actually, and end up in John Wick 4? Ooh. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Is it possible? No. It's a closed casket. Unless she's like the princess of some Russian oligarch. She's at the top, on the t- at the table at the top. <gasps> oh. She was so secretive and good at her job that even John Wick didn't know. No one f***ed with him in his retirement because they knew he was married to her. Because mm. she's nothing special. No, what's her motive to get out? They are, they are out and happy. Well, the I don't know. Okay, conspiracy theory killed. What, and, you never done mail order on your deathbed? I No. Mm. <laughs> also, what a great premise. Here, okay, he's going to have to kill everyone. How are we going to get the audience on our side? Here's a puppy. Yeah. Here's a little boy. Let's let's kill the dog. Uh, now, but best part about this is that I saw a comedy routine the other day where the guy was talking about how f***ed up Americans' priorities are when it comes to dogs. I remember. what Which comedian was that? I remember seeing that. But he talks about how his grandfather died, yeah. and the audience had, like, no reaction. And they mentioned, and then the dog died, like, an hour later, and they were like, oh, and he goes, you're all f***ed up or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, it's fucking true. It's probably because we see dogs as innocents. Very. And uh, that leads us to our very first uh, ad read here. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Here we go. Did you just lose someone? Are you alone? Do you equate the love for a human to the love of a four-legged crotch sniffer? Millions of people every day deal with death and silence, but now you don't have to be one of them. Dogs for Death is an organization that promptly is contacted after the death of a patient in any hospital to help relieve the burden of having to deal with your own emotions in a healthy way. Upon your loved ones passing beyond the veil, a puppy is assigned to you based on your immediate needs to take care of something smaller than you, since you have a God complex and don't need to seek a therapist. Call today to set up an appointment with one of our dog replacement representatives at 1-800-4-NEXT-UP. Just because it's hard on you doesn't mean it has to be so rough. Get it? <laughs> Call now. 
<laughs> that was great. Thank you. Daisy follows John on his day as he takes his Mustang out. He stops to get gas at the same time as three Russian mobsters, including Yosef Tarasov, son of mob boss Vigo Tarasov. Yosef comes up to John's car and compliments it and then asks how much he wants for it. John says, it's not for sale. Joseph then insults John in Russian, believing John won't understand. However, John proves him wrong, speaking Russian in a low tone. Joseph then pets Daisy, but scare John scares him away. One of Joseph's, Joseph, Joseph, I don't know. One of his buddies peeks his head into the car and wishes John, have a good day. First of all, that's a well-trained dog on day one. Very. <laughs> that but, dog. but I've, I've met puppies that are kind of chill. But that dog knew, like, it had to piss. I need to wake up the owner. Move magic. It's magic, baby. Magic, baby. Uh, everybody <laughs> hates a rich, rich, young cunt. He's an asshole. He's such a prick. But yeah. I, I hate him anyway. Oh, well, yeah, it's Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, right. I, he's the asshole from Game of Thrones yeah. who gets his nuts cut off. He wears that youthful arrogance so well. Oh, very. Very. He really does. <laughs> I do love the look on his face then, too, when John responds in Russian. Oh, in Russian? He's like, <laughs> not this beach. It's so great. There's a scene missing in the synopsis here, which I'm confused by. The next scene takes place in an airplane hangar. And I can't wrap my head around this scene. This is where he's driving the car and skidding it across, you know, and he gets really, really close to the machines. Mm -hmm. Is he practicing his drifting skills or do you think he just is tempting death at this point? Oh, I think it's just for the movie. But what's his motivation? The kid? Oh, him. Yeah, him doing Oh, he's this. getting out his aggression. Okay, okay. He's he's feeling he's feeling his emotions so he doesn't take him out on the dog. But the dog is in the car with him. Yeah, it is. That's his buddy. <laughs> You're going for a ride. <laughs> yeah. As John is getting into bed, Daisy needs to use the bathroom. When they get downstairs, there are two men in shadows standing before John, while a third takes a bat and whacks John in the head. He starts beating on John while Daisy whines. One of the men goes over to the dog and breaks her neck. The man pulls off his mask to reveal Yosef, who knocks John out. John later wakes up and goes over to his dead puppy stroking her head. You gotta die now. It's even I was like, you gotta die now. You don't do that to a dog. No. Like, kick the dog, punch the dog. But it's not just the snap of the neck you hear. Oh, I know. It's the blood trail mm -hmm. that the dog has crawled over to him. Oh, I hate dogs, but that got me. I was like, shit. You done fed up. I remember you around. I remember how, find out. I remember how quiet the audience was too. It was like Oh, a, I wish I could have experienced that. It was it was on par with when people first saw the quiet a quiet place and how quiet that theater was. Mm. This was the same way. And there were gasps. Like, what? Yeah. Like they can't, I can't believe they're that. And it's a revenge plot movie based on the killing of a dog. I'm new. That's in. Yeah. I mean, that's what, it. What a, I'm what new. An easier. What is it? What? What an easier motive <laughs> to get people on your side? Uh, they killed my dog. Yeah. Oh, well, whose car are we taking? <laughs> it's visceral. And the funny part is, the second movie does the same thing. Like 
It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, but anyway, Joseph takes John's car to a shop by run by Aurelio. Aurelio immediately recognizes the car and demands to know where Joseph got it. Joseph brags about who he stole the car from and that he killed this person's dog. Aurelio slugs Joseph in the face. <laughs> Joseph storms out saying he'll take the car to someone else. Later, John comes by the shop and asks if Joseph came by. And Aurelio gives John his name to confirm that's who took his car and killed his dog. Even later that night, Vigo calls Aurelio to ask why he struck Joseph. Aurelio says, because he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. And Vigo replies, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is where it all begins. This is legend making montage time. Everyone who knows John Wick knows how scary he can be. I love the reactions of everyone who knows like, oh, we fucked up. (laughs) And it's all the way to the top. And mind you, he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, no, no. This is just, you speak his name and that's it. That's all. But it's like- say it three times in a row. It's a gradual build. Like, and I'll say this. I'm not a big fan of John Leguizamo, but he plays this role so well. Uh, Especially when he's like, yeah, you killed his dog, huh? (laughs) Slug. (laughs) You're like, whoa. Right. Whose car is this? (laughs) They all even know the car. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vigo meets with Joseph in his home to discuss the situation. He hits his son twice in the solar plexus to reprimand him, reminding him who he just committed a crime against. Vigo tells Joseph that John Wick was associated with him once until he met Helen and decided to leave. John apparently had a reputation as the boogeyman, or rather, the guy they kill called to kill the boogeyman. Meanwhile... John takes a sledgehammer into the basement and begins smashing the floor open. He uncovers a stash of weapons and gold coins? Vigo calls John up to try and resolve the matter, but John hangs up on him. Gold coins. Now it's a myth. Now we're world building. Yeah. And my first thought is, it's a lot of gold. Why has he never used it? And now we're going to find out what it's for later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so cool. John is a man of focus, commitment, sheer will, something you will know very little about. I once saw him kill three men in a bar. With a pencil. (laughs) With a fucking pencil. (laughs) Then suddenly one day he asked to leave. It's over a woman, of course. So I made a deal with him. I gave him an impossible task, a job no one could have pulled off. Then he paused and goes, the bodies he buried that day laid the foundation of what we are now. And then, my son, a few days after his wife died, you steal his car and kill his fucking dog. <laughs> it's such a great, like, monologue. Oh, yeah. And the best part about that monologue is what sticks out is the pencil. Mm-hmm. And in John Wick 2, it opens with him killing people with a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, this is what I want to see. That's what I wanted. Um, okay, so Vigo sends a team of 12 hitmen to John's home that night to kill him. <laughs> there, are, there are a couple moments in this film yeah, where while they are expressing the gravitas of this issue, yeah, it's never really taken seriously in action. No, it isn't. Like, they're afraid of him, but let's send... Let's send people. 12 people. <laughs> Instead of, let's grab some bombs, some C4, yes. and blow them up. Which I think they do in two. 
I, they blow up his house in two. Oh, do they? I, man, it's been so long. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is every single plot hole you and I can think of gets made up later on. <laughs> um, John dispatches all of them with relative ease, fighting with the last few before stabbing the last guy through the heart. Oh, <laughs> that was brutal. A police officer knocks on the door and the audience goes, oh shit. But apparently, doesn't matter. Hey, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, loud night? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were out. Eh, I think I'm back. Oh. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody knows who this guy is, even yeah, the cops. Like, who the f is he? I love they know who he is. They don't give a f Well, it's not even that they don't give a f They go, oh, shit. Yeah, he leans in and he sees the bodies in the <laughs> <laughs> Rough night. <laughs> uh, this is our first action scene in the movie. And holy hell, gun foo. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. And I, what I love most about it is that the last time I saw a gunplay that was really, really impressive, mind you, this was a long time ago, was Desperado. Really? Desperado? With Antonio Banderas. And what I mean by that is the flamboyant nature by which he would use his gun. Okay. Where he's doing it behind the back. And yeah. he's doing it. And it looks really cool on the screen. He's got two shooters. And this guy looks military in how he's doing oh, it. Oh, I'm a fucking idiot. I was thinking of Tombstone, not... No, no, okay. not Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. The guitar case. Yes. The Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 And that's a flamboyant way of This is military. He's walking around straight armed. Oh, just, perfect form. Yeah. Just headshot, so, pop, chest pop, shot. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and it is very clear that this director was a stuntman. Yes. And then, oh my God, grabbing the knife and then punching, oh. punching it in. <laughs> he can't push it in. Well, it punches in and it pulls out. You see the blood on oh, You're like, yeah, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Uh, Not again. No, uh, it's again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after he's dispatched everybody, John summons a cleanup crew. Uh, <laughs> it's a dinner reservation for 12 uh, that, uh, that he has done business with in the past to clean up the scene and dispose of the bodies. They seem to know it won't be the last time to help him. Uh, this it reminds me of Pulp Fiction when he goes, I'm sending the wolf. Oh, yeah. oh shit, motherfucker. You sending the wolf directly? <laughs> <laughs> and they pull up and it's like, it's the little guy with the hat and then these two big dudes. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that they look like they could kick somebody's ass, but all you see is them like just spraying windows and wiping the windows <laughs> and oh, yeah. wrapping the guy in saran wrap. And as they're doing it, my first thought was, because I've worked with saran wrap, you've worked with saran wrap, especially when it comes to burying bodies. And... If you're gonna layer this stuff in a van, that'd be a bitch to kind of slide in. Oh, you're throwing them in. Yeah, but you gotta put them in, you guys. Oh yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of grip. Yeah, yeah. So maybe saran wrap in the future, you know. Oh no, you gotta keep the you gotta keep the juices inside. Wrap, well, yeah, you do it in the saran, and then you wrap them in tin foil. It'll be a smoother surface. Well, Costco's got the deals on those. So give us a call if you've got to buy anything that's disposing. Speaking of. Got a mess? Need the best? Don't let those blood stains, cum stains, or shit stains get in the way of having a good time. Hire the men at Hush Hush Cleaning. They're quick, discreet, and they won't tell you where the body of that nosy neighbor goes after you killed him for listening to porn way too loud for the 300th time on one of those chat sites that he's speaking to so loudly, you can't believe you can't hear him fapping away like a geriatric energizer bunny who sniffed a load of coke and took a handful of Viagra. They got this. And him. Hush Hush Cleaning. Reserve your dinner table today. Jesus Christ. 
Did you come up with these? Yeah. We're going to do this all oh. year. Oh, I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay. Vigo meets with Wick's friend Marcus and asks him to kill Wick, offering a contract worth $2 million. He also instructs his assistant, Avi, to call for others to take the job. Marcus readily accepts. I love that every scene builds this hitman lifestyle into something bigger than one you think. And it continues to grow even through two. Yes. Two was the... Oh. Oh, this is so much bigger. Yeah. And this then, is insanely huge. And then three goes bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like they did this move and they were like, let's just focus on the neighborhood. And then the next movie they go... Let's do, it, let's do the city. It's a city. And the next movie's like, we're talking world. <laughs> I do like the soundtrack on this, the song, We're Killing Strangers So We Don't Kill the Ones We Love. Mm-hmm. It, it's so well put. They do a great job of matching the songs with this entire series. Oh, absolutely. It almost feels like a video game at some points. I mentioned later on, I say, this is one of the best video game movies I've ever seen that doesn't it have a video game. video game. Yeah. yeah. And that Actually, makes it does. It does have a well. It's, it's a tactical shooter. It's it's is it so good? See, you mentioned it's funny. You mentioned the other time about the Mad Max video game. Yeah, it popped up on my Xbox Buy store. Buy it. I was just sitting there. Buy it. I okay. Buy it. I, I if it's on sale, I'm getting it. Buy it. I need something new to you, play. I don't like open worlds. You do. Yeah. And it's Assassin's Creed meets Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah. Well, I saw a video of it. I was like, that kind of looks up my alley. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> Uh, John arrives at the Continental Hotel in Lower Manhattan where he stays while he conducts business. He recognizes Perkins. John meets another old friend, Winston, the manager and owner of the Continental. John asks and Winston tells him that Joseph is at a club called Red Circle. Hello, Miss Perkins. Not just Miss Perkins. Every female in this movie is on point. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, what I love also is that this is right in the middle of Manhattan. It's in plain sight. Yeah. Like they're not even hiding. Nothing secret. Yeah. Uh, we get Adrian Palicki as Perkins. I, I love you. Even if even if he got black hair. Okay. I loved you as Tyra in Friday Night Lights. I loved you as Bobby Morse in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I loved you as Commander Grayson on The Orville. And I love you here. Wow. You actually know this chick. Oh, I do. <laughs> I have been watching her since she was on Friday Night Lights. And did you know that she was originally in the pilot for a 2000s Wonder Woman series. No shit. You can find pictures of her dressed as Wonder Woman and she looks good. Nice. Yeah, but they canceled it before the pilot even hit the screen. Yeah. Um, Ian McShane, another easily watchable actor. Great role as the manager of the Continental. Yeah. Um, With the voice to match. Absolutely. They all have, everybody that's in this has a distinctive voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, McShane, even even the guy, the the bellhop, not the bell, the manager. Yeah, the manager. Yeah, uh, and it's during this scene that I start to contemplate my life choices and wonder if I should have gone into contract killing. Right, because right. because Ad, Addie the bartender is so hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This the this movie's almost like some video games where you're thrown into it. You're giving you're given a motive mm-hmm. and a direction. But you only get the lore and the story building while progressing. But it's just through either environments or getting items that just fill you in on what they're there for. There's yeah. no like, 
in a world where <laughs> contract killers operate on a global scale. Like it's so smart and well done. Yeah. That you just you're like spoon fed and you're like, I want another bite. Okay, here's another bite. Oh, but I still want another bite. Oh, here's another bite. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. They operate as literal cutscenes. Yeah. Like that that's exactly what they every, every you have the entire action piece where there's nothing that's growing plot-wise in the action. No. The plot grows when the action scene's over to the next one. It's the cutscene in between. John goes into the club where Joseph and his buddies are partying. John first kills one of the Joseph's goons and advances through the club's lower level where Joseph is enjoying a night of champagne and women in a fancy Russian bathhouse. As soon as they spot John, he begins shooting at them while Joseph runs away. John kills every hitman in his path, but he loses Joseph as he flees in a getaway car. I, they, we get the classic getting ready for battle montage. Mm-hmm. And every time, and you probably do this too. Do you watch these and go, Sam Raimi could do this. What? Like, you know how Sam Raimi always has the montage of like the clip of the chainsaw. Oh, it's, it's yeah. like, no, I don't want him anywhere near this. No. <laughs> I don't want him anywhere near this. Um, it's always interesting to see what they pack on. Cause I want to see if they use it later. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And sometimes they usually don't never. Yeah. But, what I love about this is that you don't just see him put the knife in his thing. You see him put multiple clips on his belt. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to need them. <laughs> yeah. Because there's also, if <laughs> if you pay attention, it was so smart. They make sure that's not like a, a six-bullet clip in there, and he fires nine times without reloading. Exactly. You can count the bullets. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> yeah. Like, and what's best is when he runs out. Yeah. What he has to do then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is just pure action porn. Absolutely. Legit hand-to-hand combat, the judo, the tactical gunplay. It's just, it was like when I was a kid watching Jason Bourne for the first time and like, this is visceral action. It feels like these punches are landing. And it feels like there's weight also. There is a struggle Mm -hmm. between it. Normally the choreography takes away the struggle. Yeah. But, this one, like I was wondering what you thought, because I know that you've dabbled in ma- martial arts, mm-hmm. what you thought of the hand-to-hand in this. Oh, it's so legit. Like, yeah. obviously it's choreographed. And there's some bits where you're like, okay, he didn't actually strike the guy. Yeah. Like I can tell he pulled the punch, but it's not like Star Wars Last Jedi pulling the punches. No, when they're on top of each other struggling, that back and there's forth. There's an actual struggle. Yes. Um, we get to see Kevin freaking Nash from WWE. Yeah, and he's not playing uh, the Russian beating up the Punisher. No, no. It, it, what I love is that he comes, that John Wick comes out of the shadows like a yeah. phantom. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's like, well, what's his name in the Francis. Movie? Hey, Francis. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Wick. <laughs> Why don't you take the night off? Thank, thank you, sir. Yeah, that's what he says. It's thank you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, this big motherfucker's like, cool. I get to live. Thank you. They have so much respect for this guy. Yeah, it's just the slow build of just like, who the f*** is this dude? And what I love most is that he's not, John Wick is not an asshole. No. He's nice to everybody. Yeah. Even Perkins later on, he doesn't kill her. He's like, eh, just catch and release. (laughs) Well, he knows not to break the f***ing rules, which we'll get to. Until the second movie. (laughs) For good reason. Yes. Every everybody's on board with John Wick, no matter what. Yeah. Like, there's not a point where he's like, "Yeah, you're kind of like you have your anti-hero, but you're like, no, I'm on your side, 100. percent Right. Right. 
Uh, he returned to the Continental to have a wound in his side stitched up. One of Vigo's men had stabbed John with a bottle in the club. The doc- oh, yeah. He took that champagne on the forearm like a fucking <laughs> champ, and then that was so smooth. But it also shows, like, how rusty he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were going, because he puts on the flak jacket. Yeah. But the guy is stabbed, trying to get him in all places where the flak jacket is not. And I'm like, that's smart. Yeah. Was that the... The uh, the key maker. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Is that the key maker? I thought it was the key maker. It might be. It. Let's see. Let's let's I just, pull up Johnny, John Wick. Okay. Uh, the doctor's name. The guy who plays the doctor. Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, doctor, 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 Kuzma. No. Uh, hotel manager. Okay. Randall Duck Kim is his name, and he was he was the keymaker. Yeah, you recognize There's him. There's pictures of him. All right, he was the keymaker. Uh, the doctor tells John that his stitches will tear if he exerts himself. John says he has the painkiller part of his recovery covered with the bourbon he'd ordered earlier. Blanton's, only for the best occasions. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm wondering what the pills are that he gives him because he's like, take two of these. You won't feel it until later. <laughs> you know? Like, are they adrenaline boosts? Probably hydrocodone or like antibiotics. Okay. Because he takes them right before he walks into the next scene. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, shit's going to go down now again. Um, <clears throat> Evil bitch. I know. I <laughs> At night, Marcus gets to the roof of the building across the street and sets his sights on John in his bed. From the mirror, he sees someone entering. He fires a shot to warn John. It's Perkins. She starts shooting at John while he dodges her. She tells him that Vigo has doubled the contract to $4 million if she breaks the rules of the hotel and kills him on the hotel's grounds. He fights Perkins with difficulty until he gets her in a headlock and offers her mercy for information. She tells John that Vigo keeps most of his assets, cash and blackmail evidence, in the basement of a church. John knocks Perkins out and leaves her with Harry, a business acquaintance for one of the gold coins of their organization. Uh, Perkins would have been a good Black Widow. Yeah, she would have. She would have been a good Black Widow. Flag on the play. Oh, what's flag? Flag on the play. Uh Uh-oh. Number one. Is this a realistic number for money to kill John Wick? Yeah, two, two, two million doesn't seem like a lot. Four million doesn't seem like a lot. Right. And especially... If you know the consequences of killings, doing any business in the Continental is death. Yes. Well, it's not, I mean, I guess it is death because it's it's, excommunication and death because what happens with John in the end of two. Yes. Spoiler alert. Right. Well, this is a spoiler rich podcast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're right. Because... It, let's if you if you were Tarasov, you had it at two, you bumped up to four. How high would you go? If I knew it was fucking John Wick and I was a, a Russian billionaire, yeah, I'm okay. assuming a billionaire. Okay, five hundred million. Five hundred million at least. <laughs> we knew the number. <laughs> like this is this is protecting what you have built. The found the foundation that you sit upon to protect that. Yes. Knowing it's John Wick. 
I would lose half my fucking assets. So they must not have billions of dollars. Maybe they've only got millions of dollars. I mean, they're hiding it in a fucking church. Ugh. I feel like the Joker in the Dark Knight had a bigger stack of money than they had. Yes. So that's, that's the hole. <laughs> yeah. And the Joker blew that up too. He killed somebody with a fucking pencil. It, yes, he <gasps> is the Joker. John Wick. John Wick. <laughs> Want to see a magic trick? Okay. John, John goes to the church where Vigo keeps his secret <laughs> stash of money and business files. After shooting the other guards in the church, John forces the priest to guide him to where the vault is. He dismisses the women in the vault and lights it all on fire. And I love no hesitation, just priest. <laughs> just right in the fucking leg. Yeah, like I'm sitting there going, okay, the priest will be sick. Nope, first one down. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he's telling him to open the safe, he's like, I can't Vigo, kill me. And John turns around. I think he kills one or two people, like immediately turns around. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's so smooth. And the visual of him walking away from the fire is kind of like, I've done my part. I'm not done yet. <laughs> no, he's like, cool. Yeah. That's the start. Uh, Harry keeps Perkins cuffed to a chair, unaware that she has dislocated her thumb. Ow. Owie. Uh, she gets out, puts a pillow over Harry's face, and shoots him. Damn. It shows how sloppy the rest of the contract killers are. It really does. Like, I feel like they all have the skill of a dislocating their thumb. They shouldn't have known this or something. Which also, like, wouldn't you have called the front desk and said, hey, she broke the rules? You would think so, unless... He felt Why like, not? yeah, I don't know. Why wouldn't Harry do it? Well, John just said it's catch and release. He told me it's just catch and release. And he goes, yeah. Um, so they were going to be like, okay, let the person go. Maybe because they, maybe because Harry knows that that truly is a death mark right there. And maybe stuff like this has happened in the past, okay. but it never gets to the point of an actual death. Okay. And then she, okay. She conducted, she conducted business by trying to kill John and then she actually kills Harry. So I'm wondering what the now it's on. death mark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now it's on. Um, but also <laughs> some of the more climactic deaths in this happen like as a meh, it just happened. Yeah. And it makes them that much better. Yeah. Like the Harry one, you're like, Oh man. And then I thought I felt worse when the guy in basic instinct died. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was his name? Gus. 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 Um, <clears throat> Vigo captures him and wonders why he's gone to such great lengths for revenge over a car and a dog. Here is John Wick's response. When Helen died, I lost everything. Until that dog arrived on my doorstep. A final gift from my wife. And they cut to Tarasov. He's like, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> like, yeah. He just thought it was a dog. <laughs> In that moment, I received some semblance of hope, an opportunity to grieve unalone, and your son took that from me. And Vigo goes, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Stole that from me. Killed that from me. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your son or you can die screaming alongside him. He's doing all this tied to a chair. <laughs> and he scares the hell out of me at this point. I'm oh, like, yeah. what What else could he do? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also thinking to myself, you know, John Wick has been bailed out 
a couple of times in this movie. Yeah, he's he's getting back into it. He's getting back into it. But there's a real question I go, why didn't you just shoot him in the back of the head when he was unconscious? Right. <laughs> if you're so worried about him. Yeah, and they put the plastic bag over John Wick's face, and I'm like, they ain't going to do shit. Like, you have a gun. <laughs> shoot him. On your side. <laughs> All seven of you. I didn't. I was like, it reminds me of when you see people in movies and they're wearing armor, but their head is exposed. And you're like, how come they keep shooting at the armor? Put it between their eyes and it's over. <laughs> and more back after these messages. <clears throat> Have you ever needed a plastic bag, but everything you find is just too damn large to shove over someone's head and immediately choke to death? Well, Pookie's has the answer for you. Their plastic bags are ideal for you and any of your needs. And most importantly, they don't have a one-size-fits-all attitude like those other plastic bag companies. Nope, at Pookie's they come in three different sizes. For that bastard child down the street who keeps riding his bike through your well-manicured lawn leaving a four-inch trail of suppressed grass, try the Dinklage. Small and easy to fold, it also comes with a bottle of Coke and Mentos if you want to make the moment more exciting inside the bag. For the little man who plays it cool so often that every seems to, everyone seems to like him just a little bit more than you, and yet you know he's got some secret warehouse in his basement where he traffics pallets of fentanyl, try the Tom Hanks. And if you have that giant asshole at work who keeps patting you on the head like you're not of average height and keeps calling you big guy, try the George Murison with extra ear room for him to hear you curse his ass to hell. When you're a breath away from peace, try Pookie's plastic bags. Jesus Christ. I had so much fun writing those. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. Marcus is watching from the next building, the guardian angel, and he shoots one hitman in the head to let John take, the, take out the other. John gets his gun and shoots at Vigo's getaway car, leaving only him alive. Vigo is forced to tell John that Joseph is hiding in a safe house in Brooklyn. I swear, if Marcus wasn't there, Wick would have died, died twice in this movie. Yeah. 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 Um, little guardian angel. It, he's vulnerable. His, his relationships with his colleagues keep him alive. Yeah. And that's the thing is he's a role model. Kids need to look up to this guy. You know, he's he does things mean, but he's the best of the mean. Yeah. Violence, cruelty, and violence against animals has it, its consequences. Exactly. I love the shit that Vigo lets out too when he gets out of the car. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> does it, oh yeah, because he just he jumps on the hood and he does that fucking semi-auto shotgun just straight into the driver. Kills the driver and Vigo just gets out and goes, shit. <laughs> yeah. And then he just turns on his son like he was another low-level guard. Look, here's the thing. Yep. If your son's that much of a shit. And your face down, barrel of a gun. I mean... From Baba Yaga. Oh. The boogeyman. And you realize how bad that kid actually f***ed up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta let him f*** around and then find out. He's also lost like 20 men <laughs> so far. Oh, more than that. <laughs> Way more than that. I mean, somebody's like, you know, after a while, I after won't have a, a mafia. I won't have anybody <laughs> on my side. I got no captains left. <laughs> So 
now John Wick's going to go into the safe house where Joseph is. The safe house is guarded by armed men, but none of that stops John from killing them and storming the place. Joseph once again tries to make a run for it, but John catches him and finishes him off. As a video game player of the Assassin's Creed games, uh, nothing makes me happier than killing people from yards and yards and yards and yards away. I love to snipe the shit out of people. Borderlands, I used to do it all the time. It makes me happy. And when this happened, I went, this is as perfect a gun movie I'll ever see. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got the armed, you see all the armed guards everywhere and you're like, okay, how is he going to get in here? He's well, not going to. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And it's like the typical, this is the point in the typical action film where it's just a montage of him taking people out randomly and just doing the whole infiltration thing while killing a bunch of people. Yes. This is a smart approach. Yeah. He takes out the people at the top first, you know, which if you've ever played those games, you always start at the top and then you go down. Yeah. Snipe from the back of the head occasionally. Um, <laughs> but this game, it feels like a video game at this point. It's Assassin's Creed and Hitman had a baby. Yeah. And it works. And it works. But the Joseph death, I wish it was more satisfying. There are, yeah, the the gravitas of these like bosses. Yeah. It's, it doesn't exceed the level of the minor guys. Right. And it feels like I just got shorthanded. But now that you've said that, maybe that's the point is that John Wick just looks at everybody below him as just an every person. Yeah. And that could be like, he's just a sniveling kid. Yeah. And he, all he wants it. Cause it's not to torture him. He just like, you killed this dog. You took this away from me. You have to die. Yeah. And it's not like a torture thing. It's just, okay, finally. Bang. Done. Yeah, he does the one in the stomach, walks a little bit closer, hits him in the head, and then just turns around and walks away yeah. like, it's like it's okay, a, It was just a fucking dog. Bam. Time for McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. I can go home now. Yeah, that's all I came to do, guys. As John checks out of the Continental, he is gifted with a car for the break-in to his room the previous night. John then meets up with Marcus, where Marcus suggests that John go home and re-retire. Uh, I love it. He says, how many times do I have to save your ass? <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm sitting there going, can we get a, a prequel movie with just these two? Yeah. Do a series. I would love that because their, their uh, chemistry together works out real well. Mm -hmm. And normally we sit there saying, this is the end of the movie. We're good. Um, and then just, he has to come back for whatever reason. We're going to twist the knife, everybody. You could have lived happily ever after. In retaliation for Joseph's death and for failing to kill John, Vigo has his goons find Marcus at his home. There, they beat him until Vigo and Perkins shoot him to death. Vigo calls John to tell him this just before leaving for a helicopter to get out of, out of the city. Not Marcus. Not my boy. Not Mar my boy. And Marcus is just like, John, anytime now. Right. John, anytime now. Yeah. When's Mark, when's what? his guardian is going to show up? <laughs> selfish. Just selfish. Perkins is just a bad seed. I don't know how she's managed to stay alive amongst this company. Well, she f***ed around. She's about to find out. Yeah, yeah. And But that's the thing is, and you mentioned this earlier, you know how badass this guy is. Why do you keep sending people? Like, they just do keep you doing things keep to keep them in the game. You, you, there is a caged lion and you continue to poke. <laughs> and you're poking him wearing meat. Yes. 
Like, learn your lessons, guys. Don't call him up going, hey, guess what I just did? You dumb motherfucker. You killed man's best friend. Now I did kill your best friend. <laughs> he is no one now. It's like, what does he think is going to happen? He's going to go, oh. Yeah. Fuck. I'm okay. Gonna go, I'm going to go. Even Steven. Right, I guess we're even. <laughs> no. While waiting for John to come to Marcus's home, Perkins, call, Perkins is called to a meeting with Winston, the owner of the Continental Hotel. She meets Winston and four men at the Bethesda Arcade in Central Park. Winston tells her she's broken the rules of the Continental and her membership has been terminated. The four men come from the pillars and execute her in one blast of four guns. Beautiful. Winston's As, vocabulary is great. He's awesome. As Winston walks away, he meets the same cleaner that helped John remove the assassin's bodies from his home, giving him several coins. This is so beautiful. It is organized so well. And I cannot wait to find out more of this world. <laughs> yeah, does he say Just, like your membership's been revoked? It's like by thine it's like by thine own hand. By thine own hand. <laughs> yeah. It's so Shakespearean. And everything's it's in the middle of the daylight. Yeah. Just on a Tuesday. And the best part is, is she has no idea until the foreman walk. And you see the pants, she goes, oh, shit. It's like when Joe Pesci gets whacked in Goodfellas. Oh, that's a hard scene to watch. Yeah. Uh, John finds Marcus's body and sets off to take down Vigo. He finds the villains heading to the chapter chopper and tries ramming into them with his car. <laughs> Vigo makes Avi go out and kill John. <laughs> Plays with the gun. You're like, huh? 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 Only for John to ram hit to him with his car. And that I, <laughs> this part makes me laugh every time. It's terrible. But he rams the dude. Dude is okay. He just falls, just groaning. Yep. And then Vigo in the SUV texts it. And you see the body being dragged. Yes. <laughs> like, John Wick spared this guy, uh, but his own fucking boss killed him. And I, thought, I was looking for the body, like to go over the thing too. <laughs> it's like, how far is this gonna go? Right. Like, I wonder if that was in the original script. His body gets dragged all the way, and it gets smushed by the car. That would have been brilliant. Oh my god. Um, just two little feet hanging out. <laughs> it's like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. <laughs> Vigo tries to push John's car over the edge, but John gets out safely. The two then fight hand-to-hand -hand in the rain. This is where they could have used an older man, because it would have been more believable. Oh, yeah, I have, a, I have a problem with this scene. Okay. Vigo tries to stab John, but John pushes the blade into himself to gain leverage to break Vigo's arm before grabbing the knife from his own stomach and sticking it into Vigo's neck. He leaves him to die. <laughs> I really feel like... Um... You know, John Wick would have been able to kill this guy without breaking a sweat. I do too. And I don't know why he struggled so much or had to let Vigo stab him to get the knife and to break his arm. Un uh, well, he's beaten up. But this is really happening over like a 24 hours period, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably tired already from all the stuff. He's out of, out of shape, like you said. He's out of work and not out of shape. But yeah, but Vigo's not. Vigo's an alcoholic Russian mafia guy. He's not a contract killer. He's also taken several shots of that stitched part on his... Uh, yeah. You know, that could have been a problem. Yeah. Uh, I still think he... Uh, they could have used an older man for this or switch Vigo and Joseph. This should have been the Joseph fight. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
We go back to the first scene where John is still bleeding. After watching the video with Helen, he is inspired to keep on going. He goes into a dog shelter and tends to a stab wound. He then takes a pit bull puppy with him. Look at the baby! And they go home together. Just a man and his dog. Oh, I love Pip. Such so a good boy. Such a good boy. <laughs> such, that's such a good good boy. And that's uh, that's John Wick. Part one. Did it. <laughs> okay. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a tomato meter reading of 78%, 42 fresh, and 12 rotten. And the critics gave us a 6.2 out of 10. The critics consensus says, quote, stylish, thrilling, and giddily kinetic. Yes. John Wick serves as a satisfying return to action for Keanu Reeves in what looks like it could be the first of a franchise. Ooh. They knew it. Sparkle, sparkle. They knew it. But let's see what the asshole said about this one. Claudia Pig, I think that's her name. It's P-U-I-G, but I'm going to say Pig, from USA Today says, John Wick adds a li adds little to the revenge thriller genre, save for a few stylish shots. <laughs> okay, next. Rafair Guzman of Newsday says, imagine a combination of Unforgiven and Men in Black, and you're getting close. <laughs> What the f are you talking about? And Tom Long from the Detroit News, you son of a bitch. Oh, your hometown. Yep. Mostly it's Keanu playing Bang Bang. If that sounds great, go see the movie. If not, congratulations on aspiring to better things. Oh, sir, why don't you bring your nose a little farther down? Good Lord, where's your champagne, Dickless? Oh, good Lord. There's no, I must catch the Downton Abbey. Yes, I was watching this on my yacht, and I was just more, not thrilled by it. The audience... Aspire to be better. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 3.9 out of 5, with 81% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. So the movie's over, were you entertained? And I'm going to say hell to the yes. Sam, I want to go judo chop some shit and blow shit up. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in Detroit where this Tom guy lives, you know, uh, let's figure out where the awards got it right. And whether this movie is worth your time or not. Okay. At the Academy Awards, got no nominations at the Golden Globes, no nominations. And at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films, it got no nominations. Now this is a tragedy. It wasn't even nominated for best action movie that year. Pretty brutal. Here were the ones that got ahead of it. Unbroken, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Okay, let's go a little slower on okay, that. Okay, okay. Unbroken. It's a history movie. Right. What fucking action? I don't know. Exodus, Gods and Kings. I don't even know that one. Inherent Vice. It's a cotton war movie. Lucy. Scarlett Johansson is a babe. But you know what? That is a good action movie. That should be in this list. Cool. I never saw it. And nope. I know the premise. No one. Praise be. Is this the first time we got Emma Stone or uh, Emma what? Emma Emma Watson? Is it, Emma, is it Emma? Hermione. Hermione. Emma Watson. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got first Emma Watson side boob. Is, is there a side boob in there? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I, I never, I never, I don't, I've never yeah. seen it all the way through. I don't know. Uh, and Snowpiercer. Cool. That's where that should be. Yes. But John Wick not getting a nomination is tragic. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Not as bad as the MTV Movie Awards, my friend, where it got one nomination for Best Action Sequence, which is the Red Circle Nightclub. 
but it lost to the Battle of the Five Armies. We know what MTV likes. We know what they like. This was a layup. Oh, yeah, it was a layup, but we know what MTV likes. All right. Um, yeah, so now it also got a nomination for the Golden Raspberry Awards. Hey. Uh, Keanu Reeves was nominated, going from six-time Razzie nominee to critical hit John Wick in the Razzie Redeemer Award. But it went to Ben Affleck, who went from Geely to Argo and Gone Girl. Yeah, that's pretty strong. I say this. If Ben Affleck had only made one of those movies, it goes to Keanu. Mm -hmm. But he had two. <laughs> uh, all right. Love, wait, wait, wait. I wonder if I'm going to the Love Crew to Super, Superman, The Legend of Shep Gordon. I've, oh, to documentary director of. Oh. Uh, yeah, he was a director. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Kristen Stewart from Twilight to Camp X-Ray, which was an art house hit. I never saw that. Oh, did you ever watch um, The Pentaveret? I tried. Okay. I couldn't get into it. And maybe it's because I'm just tired of Mike Myers at this point. It's, <sighs> he does the same characters and everything. I, I know. It's shameful. I should go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. I know. All right. On to our next segment. Top, top three, bottom three. Here we go. Top three. Uh, you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okie dokie. What are they? All right. Top three. Number three. Somewhat unique, but very interesting first taste of the Hitman Underworld setting. Yeah. It's just, it's laying the foundation bit by bit by bit. Number two is the way it builds the lore. To me, it reminds me of a so from software game mm -hmm. where you're just, you're not given any of the story you're just witnessing and experience it yeah pieces that build into it and then you know what the number one is action 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 it's awesome it's just it's so cool yeah uh my number three is the scene with tarasov and wick when he's tied up oh yeah i think that th if there's a dramatic piece to this that you stands out that's the piece right there uh my number two is, just like you had, the myth building in this movie. For the character feels like they created an anti-James Bond character for the states. And the world building, again, with the Continental, the Hitman Associates, it doesn't feel forced in this. No. It, In fact, it's almost done with the same um, acknowledgement as the original Star Wars did when they just like threw the Clone Wars in there and just kind of moved oh, on. Man. But you're kind of sitting there going, but what is that? But what is the Clone Wars? Yeah. And then here we are seven seasons later. My number one is, again, the action in this movie. It is visceral. It is brutal. It's quick. It's smart. And because it has those cutscenes in between, it never gets tiring, mm -hmm. which is smart because jo Jason Bourne gets tiring. Now, bottom three. Theon Greyjoy, you are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, it, it, he was he he started off great, and then the sniveling Russian thing just didn't work for me. Yeah, um, and not as strong as performance. Uh, number two is the boss deaths. They are not as impressive and revenge fulfilling as I would have liked. Finish him. <laughs> exactly. I want to see a spine ripped out. I wanted that. I want to see a spine ripped out. Uh, my number one is. And all these are nitpicking. Yeah, I know. Being real, it's some of the lines and acting just doesn't quite hit. And I have, and that leads into what my my number three is. My number three is I wish the Russian gangsters would only speak Russian. 
Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, the back and forth from English to Russian, sometimes you're missing the inflections and it sounds off. Mm -hmm. uh, my number two, I can't stand Alfie Allen, who plays Joseph. I can't. Oh, yeah. His delivery of lines is cringy at times. And my number one, I, and I was stuck on this for a while, but I was like, you know what? There were times when I couldn't hear the dialogue because the music was too loud. Oh, okay. I guess. Okay. I now, never I never noticed it, but. Now, one that didn't make my top three, which I thought was actually cool, was I love the fact that they captioned it in a stylistic way occasionally. Yeah, it wasn't just boring ass. It, because the last thing I want to do, yeah. specifically in these movies, is take my eyes away from the center. Right. The last thing I want is was probably the last thing the director wants. Like, we're doing all this. Why would I drag your eyes down to where yeah. you can't see shit? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Uh, time for the critics' ratings. We use an 8F scaler on the movie planet. A, C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie receives Fs, it's going to be a global killer. So the question is, what do you give 2014's John Wick in the action-adventure movie genre by today's standard? Sam, go for it. All righty. The action in this movie is just a bar setter. Yeah. What came before is now looking up to this. From the choreography to the execution to the sound design, everything hits like a truck. And for the most part, it is so believable and rooted in reality. Mm -hmm. The sound, the gunshots, the fists, the punches, the throws, the crunches, the splatters, <laughs> it all is executed perfectly the music is great adds the video game killing spree vibe and the deaths and the violence just have so much punch to them that you just want to keep going and just rack them somebody. up just <laughs> rack them up just kick on limp biscuits <laughs> break something was it break something it's just one of those oh. days <laughs> the story it's simple and it's laid out so well it builds slowly it's not a fire hydrant of in a world <laughs> it couldn't have been more simple premise but it was the perfect premise yes you get you get puppy you kill puppy you die <laughs> I think of new girl you gave me cookie I give you cookie give me cookie I gave you cookie give me cookie I gave you cookie as far as the characters, there's so much going on and so many big questions. And the characters that you meet are big parts of the lore building without being overbearing or lack of interest. All these characters are super cool. And you learn just a little bit more about what's going on in the surrounding without having everything just given to you on a silver platter. The pacing is perfect. This is why I have trouble giving Mad Max a perfect score because I'm exhausted. I need to take a break. This one, you're in the ma you're in the judo match. Mm -hmm. You finish the match, you take a breath, you're back into it. It feels just you just get the adrenaline spiking violence and then a nice breather before the next one to recoup. And for this, I give it a B plus. A B plus? Yeah, it's not a perfect movie. Because I think these movies get better. Okay, so I could a, be wrong. A B plus, so a solid eighty-eight. All right, ah, uh, give it a ninety. Okay, an A minus. It's a ninety. Well, B plus is an eighty-eight. A minus is a ninety-two. So A minus. A minus. Ninety-two. My turn. 
Over the past few decades, people have grown a little tired of the action movie trope involving a man who has to seek revenge on the mobsters who killed or kidnapped his wife or family. The movie John Wick challenges that and takes it a step further. What if they killed his dog? And not just any dog, a dog who was the last gift of his dying wife who gave it to him to pour his love into since he has so much to give. See, people are used to seeing people die on screen, but you take out a dog, oh shit. Weepy city in the theaters, and immediately we all want to take out every last motherfucker involved. And that's just a fraction of the genius behind this story. It's not just the different angle of the trope, it's what goes on beyond it. The background, the world building, the slow buildup of hearing about the legend of John Wick to seeing him in action, and the fact that our titular character is not 100% of the legend, but more like 95%, and that he's aided by loyalty in an otherwise non-loyal field of work. He's a patient, kind, generous, merciful man who, when he walks into a room and then leaves, not only do people breathe a sigh of relief, they may have built a connection. He's very much an everyman in his personality, but it's a skill and wrath that is on display play here. The surrounding cast of this movie is well done also, from Ian McShane to John Leguizamo to William Defoe, Willem Dafoe to Lance Reddick to Adrian Pilecki. I love you. It's as good a cast as you will find for this type of movie. Alfie oh, plays a weasley little bastard and that's the role he's best suited for. He's not a fighter. He's a product of nepotism and greed. This is really where American audiences were introduced to gun fu as a way of fighting. And we can thank Darren Prescott, the stunt coordinator, and John Valera, the fight coordinator. Chad Stahelski, who was a stunt coordinator for The Matrix, brought all the right people on for this movie after networking through the years. I mean, Stahelski has worked as a stunt coordinator or stuntman in some pretty top-notch movies. The Matrix Trilogy, Expendables 1 and 2, The Wolverine, Orgasmo, Ninja Assassin, Man of Tai Chi, Deadpool 2, Bean, <laughs> 300, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and Beer Fest. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to pay the rent. In other words, the guy has a range of people he's networked with, and it was like he brought all his friends on to make a badass action movie. And it worked. As an action adventure movie, this is one of the best in recent times, and I am hard-pressed to not give this movie anything less than an A. It is up there with Mad Max Fury Road and Die Hard as shining examples of what an action movie should be, but I think it falls a little short occasionally because of the line reading, so I can't give it the 100%. I have to just give it the A. And that stinks because I thought in my head as I was watching this, this is a hundred. This is, this is, this is the template for every gun shooting action movie you will ever see from here on out. So John Wick enters the Pantheon and kicks out point break. Dude, dude, dude. it will be seated right behind Die Hard. <laughs> So much Die Hard and fucking Mad Max. So we have Mad Max Fury Road at the top, Die Hard at number two with a 96, John Wick with a 93.5, Live Free or Die Hard with an 88, Die Hard with a Vengeance with an 88, Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior with an 85, and King Kong holding on with an 83.5. But something tells me next time we do this, King Kong will be saying bye bye 
just gonna be a list of Mad Max, John Wick, and fucking Die Hard. Well, the sick part is is as, until we get all through the Fast and Furious. Well, I mean, we still have to do John. We have to. We still have to do Big Trouble in Little China. Hell yeah, we got to throw in there. Um, Kill Bill one and two. Oh yeah, I was wondering if we were gonna do the quick. We, we could do those. Uh, we could do Kingsman. Oh shit, the movie whips. Yep. Let's see. James Bond. Oh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Bad Boys One, Two, and Three. Oh shit! Yeah, but that's the funny thing is that, that we nominate the movies we know are the best, and the best ones tend to have sequels. You know, and unfortunately, <laughs> Die Hard had a lot of Not a lot of fucking sequels. Bad sequels. <laughs> uh, but this is one of those few series. Like you gave it an A, and you had a good. Your A made me change my grade mm. because you said something that. I've fervently believed, which is that John Wick is one of those series that never gets bad. It no. never, it doesn't have a bad iteration. So far. No. And where one was amazing, two, you went in with your arms crossed going, okay, where is this going to fuck up? And instead you were like, when is three coming out? Oh, I know where two fucks up. Yeah. See, I don't. It may have to do with a certain character. Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. There it is. Okay, Ruby Rose. Wow, she's like five. She's below. I typed in Rose in IMDb, and it came up with Rose McIver, Rose Byrne, Rose Leslie, Florence Pugh. Praise be. Rose Love McGowan, her. then Ruby Rose. <laughs> her star hath fallen. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to plant my flag on this one. This is one of those franchises that missteps in its sequels that doesn't misstep in its sequels. No, no, they fucking rule. These movies in my eyes are A pluses, A's, and A minuses all the way through. So get ready for a thumping good time with the Baba Yaga, baby. Do you love this movie? Like this movie? <laughs> the above? <laughs> it's okay. I mean. It's okay. It's it's so fucking cool. It, it, it's, I fucking love it. I, I was so glad. I was pissed off at myself. I didn't go see this in theaters. I was glad that we did this because I'd been waiting for a long time to rewatch this. And I don't want to be like, where I watch it and I go, oh, we're gonna do the movie in like two months. Well, shit, now I gotta watch it again. You know, I kind of hold off on those. And so I'm like, when can we get there? And so when we did John Wick, I was like, I'm gonna watch this now. <laughs> and I watched it like three times in like two weeks. Um, it's just so much fun. That's all we got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next week, we continue with John Wick Franchise with John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, and we'll have fun with the John Wick Franchise because their titles have no consistency. Uh, the first one's John Wick. The second one is John Wick Chapter 2. The third one is John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. And then the fourth one is John Wick 4. No consistency in title. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. So, Sam, any last words? Yeah, look around and find out. <laughs> Have you ever seen that guy who does the whole, like, the graphs, and he goes, uh, he, oh, he draws yeah, a line, yeah. he goes, this at this where point, you can around. around. And this yeah, is where you found out. out. <laughs> you find out, around a little bit. <laughs> around a lot, you're really going to find out. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. <laughs>